Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by having the occasional live training. And my next live training is going to be on Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern. It's called Five Keys to Improved Productivity. If you're interested, you can either click the link in the show notes or go to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com, and click Click the banner and register. On the show today, Nigel Bennett. Now, he is the co-founder of AquaGuard Spill Response, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to be talking about your gift to the world. He's got fantastic stories about not only of things he has done, but he's got his kids involved and they got their friends involved. This story is absolutely incredible. So sit back, get ready to be utterly motivated and inspired to, as the late Steve Jobs said, put a dent in the universe. Nigel, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. From the great, <laughs> great white north, you're up in Canada, but of course, it's probably That's not right. snowing up there right now. No, it's beautiful. I'm actually in uh, Whistler, Whistler, uh, BC. And uh, the past couple of weeks, there's been more bears, this is true, more bears than humans. What? With this whole isolation thing. Yeah, we see like three or four bears a day. Yeah, yeah. My wife and I go for a hike out here and it's absolutely crazy. It's beautiful. So absolutely now I have stunning. to ask this question. What do you do <laughs> if you see a bear? You just, you know, uh, nod and just back off. Just, you know, <laughs> you don't look the, you don't look them in the eyes, actually. You don't look them in the eyes because really? that's confrontation. No. Nope. And you just slowly back away. We've ran into, we've ran into uh, mamas with little tiny babies. We've ran into uh, a couple mating. We've run it. We've run it every day. We see it's crazy. Yeah. Are the, are the baby you bears? You just got to be careful. Are they, are they like, you want to pick them up and cut It's like them? a stuffy. It's like a stuffy. Yes. That's how big <laughs> some of them were. That was back in March. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, it is July 7th, so there's probably no snow anywhere up in Canada at this point, right? Just on the top of the mountains, just on the beautiful <laughs> glaciers looking down on us. Yeah. As yeah, my yeah. listeners know, I lived in Rochester, New York until July of right. 1997, and I got yeah. tired of the unpredictability of the cold. I mean, I've had yes. winters that lasted two weeks. I've had winters start in September and go to April. And I said, you yeah. know what? I'll go down to the heat of Houston, Texas, where I live now. Yeah. And because we don't have to shovel heat. And if it does snow down here, we shut the city down. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know we do. <laughs> uh, so now it is really fortunate. <laughs> do, do you say A a lot? Is that part of your vocabulary? I actually don't think I do. I, I don't actually know where that came from. You know, Bob and Doug McKenzie <laughs> yes, or something. Yes. Something, right. Oh, you remember that? Yes. I think are you, you're you like, what, 55? I'm 58. Oh, 55. We're, we're yes, I'm not that old yet. Nigel, come on. I'm 55. Yeah. You're 55. There you go. That's yep. right. Yeah. I'm 58. I have never had anyone on the show that knew Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah. Oh my goodness, folks. On Apple, you know, Apple Music Spotify, go listen to that song, Bob and Doug McKenzie. It'll make you laugh. It's you, you know the funny thing about that what you, you said is that you know um Elon Musk and the uh, yes. the launch they did a couple weeks ago. Yes. The two astronauts, guess yes. what their names were? Bob, Bob and, and Doug. Doug. <laughs> so in Canada, it was like these cartoons came out of Bob and Doug sitting yep. in the space 
you know, it was it was hilarious. The twelve yeah. days of Christmas, and then the, I remember like, yeah, they're doing twelve days yeah, of Christmas, yeah. and all of a sudden they go, "And uh, beer." Well, the guy has something there. It's hysterical. Yeah. I mean, there's a hose, you hoser. It's just I grew you up hoser, in the eighties. It's right? like, oh yeah. my goodness! But I've never had anyone yeah. on the Mark Stuchowski podcast that yeah. knew yeah. that song. That is phenomenal. <laughs> if it wasn't against copyright infringements, I would actually insert it right here and play it. But we could sing it. Yeah, we. we <laughs> no, no, we lose too many listeners that way, we Nigel. Would. So let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we get started, oh why don't you take about 20 seconds or so, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, my my name is Nigel Bennett, and uh, I'm uh, a co-founder of a company called AquaGuard Spill Response, where we design and manufacture equipment to respond to marine oil spills. So uh, remember the BP Horizon uh, down in the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. back in 2010? 10 years ago, this past April. Wow. So we were heavily involved in helping uh, clean that up and things like that, and yeah, and um, we've oh, I've done we've done business in about 104 countries around the world, 3,000 clients. But in 2012, I was able to set the company up to pretty much run without me, and I took my family and we did a walkabout uh, for a year around the world and wow. homeschooled our daughter. Yeah, and then I wrote this book. I wrote this book, um, uh, take that leap, risking it all for what really matters, and started two nonprofits. One's called True Beach, which helps protect uh, beaches around the world. Another one's called giftadd.com, which is uh, hopefully we can dispel the myth that people with uh, ADD and dyslexia aren't, is not a curse, but it's actually a gift. So okay. yeah, that's kind of what I've been um, been doing. Well, I'll tell you that one of the things I've had several guests on the show who have been yeah. diagnosed with ADD and they, they, yeah. uh, express what I'm about to say is it, it's really annoying when you self diagnose ADD. You cannot yes. go to Google, Dr. Google no. and diagnose. You have to go to a professional. So I exactly. see a lot of people say, Oh, I can't focus. I have ADD. Have you been diagnosed? Yeah. Well, no, I just know. No, you don't. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things distracting as everybody's got ADD these days. Exactly, exactly. So right? if you think you have ADD, go see a doctor. Go get clinically yeah, diagnosed. Yeah. Don't go to Dr. Google because you're not a doctor. You didn't go to medical don't school. Got to, don't, go, don't, go, don't go to Dr. Google for anything, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, they're tracking everything <laughs> You're going to be dying anyway. within three days if you do that, right? <laughs> yeah. So tell us about what is this yeah. gift ADD? What, what is that all about? Wow. So um, I've, had, I've had a coach for about 15 years and um, he was helping me get my life you know, straightened out. And what we noticed, the two of us working together, was that a lot of his clients, which were all entrepreneurs um, all over the world, from you know, Dubai to India to all throughout the US, he said almost all of them had the same, you know, either with this dyslexic or had ADD. And so we really found there was a really common thread here. And so what we did is we set up an organization. My son, who's really uh, dyslexic, extremely dyslexic, he's our actor, um, performer uh, guy, the artist in the family. He's uh, uh, ADD dyslexia severely. And then because you said let, you should go to a professional, I took my son to a professional with my wife. And all the diagnosis came back and said, yeah, he's extreme. Wow. And then, then he asked me a bunch of questions. And all I said was all of the above. And he said, what do you mean? He said, I have problems with all of the above. Like you said, he said, well, yeah, I could have told you that because it's very hereditary, especially on the male side. So Mm -hmm. that was dyslexia. And so we formed this, um, you know, movement uh, called giftaddd.com, which we're sharing stories of successful humans, not necessarily entrepreneurs, but it could be athletes. It could be just anybody, um, successful people to, to dispel this myth that it's actually not a curse. It's actually a gift. 
You know, so, yeah. one of the people I know, I don't know them. I wish I did. Is Damon John, yeah. Shark Tank, uh, the creator yeah, yeah, of Fubu. Yeah. And you yeah. know, when people say, "Well, I can't, I can't do thus and such," because you know, it's mm. not in me. I'm like, or I got all these obstacles, and like you have someone like Damon John who has yeah. uh, who has dyslexia, and look, yeah. he's he look at how successful he is. So I yeah. think a lot Richard of people. Branson. Yeah, Richard Branson. But I think what people do, they go, well, you know, I have ADD or ADHD or dyslexia. I can't be successful. I'm like, yeah, you can. If you just do a little work, a little homework, yeah. there's a lot of people who are very successful and yeah. they didn't let these things stop them. I think people That's are right. just going, well, I, I, I'm screwed the rest of my life. No, you're not. Yeah. You're, you're choosing that. Path. Yeah. But these people, you, you know, um, I'll, I'll share a little story with you because that's really interesting. You said that because um, I, I, I had a miserable um, childhood in, in the school system and I, um, I was in elementary school and I'd get pulled out by a you know, special tutor and, you know, pr pretty much the kid in the corner with that dunce hat. Remember mm -hmm. in the cartoons, the dunce hat? Yep. That was me. And uh, so then I, I got out and I, I barely got into technical college and I got kicked out after the first six months. First term, I was out. And I went into the dean's office and I was, I was in tears. I said, you know, you can't kick me out. I'll do anything to get back in. And it was a mechanical engineering. And, and um, he said, well, I tell you what, I'll, all the classes that you failed, um, if you take them at night school and take a full day load this next term, I'll let you back in. I said, sign me up. So what I did is he let me back in. I, I, I didn't think I had a hope. Uh, but what I was really fortunate in doing is I was able to surround myself with good friends that helped me get through. And for myself, I found that that's a common thread for everything that I've ever done is I've been able to surround myself with way smarter people than me. Mm. And together we've been able to rise and, and do what we've ever, you know, we've done. And I, you know, uh, established this company and all this other stuff, but it's not you know, me. It, it's, it's because we worked as a team and they were able to help me. So I think that's one of the true gifts of people with dyslexia and, and some ADD is um, we, we surround ourselves with people that, um, that are really, that, that can help us out. And um, yeah. I, I, people realize that they don't realize I'm going to tell you that we all are distracted and just because you're distracted, yeah. Um, doesn't mean you have ADD. I mean, and maybe you have too many notifications mm. on on your phone. Okay. That's right. That, that exactly. doesn't mean you have ADD. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. I'm sitting here working, if I didn't mute my phone, it's going ding, 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 ding. And I can't pay attention to your conversation. Doesn't yeah. mean I have ADD. It means I'm a That's numbskull because right. I didn't turn my phone off. Okay. <laughs> so you, you have to, you have to take a step back and look at that stuff. But yeah, you do. You and, do. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love it. But the I think if you go, if, if you go back through history, you know, some of the, the most incredible people had, I'm saying dyslexia and ADD. I'm kind of lumping them together a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, everybody from Winston Churchill, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, the the, the list is massive. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I find that for myself, I'm I'm really easily distracted. Um, but when when the uh, chips are on the table, ultra hyper focus. And that's, that's what my, my coach, Kevin and I, we, we, we figured out it was like, boy, like when I get like this and I ultra hi hyper focus, but then normal people, we figured they, it's not necessarily that way. So in crisis situations, we're actually able to focus if you're you know, in a, in a gunfight or something and you're whatever. And it's like, you know, that, that's the guy that's leading the people through. And, and that's that ultra hyper focus. And, and that's, I, I really believe I got heavily into mountaineering, backcountry skiing, rock climbing, mountain biking. And when I had my business in the early days, I, I, I call it the doorknob effect. 
because I would go to my office every day and I would be so stressed out and I would touch the doorknob and I would take a deep breath, like probably a lot of people do, right? And knowing that when I step into my office, it was going to be absolute chaos and people were going to, Nigel, I need this, Nigel, I need that. And so the only way that I was able to kind of center myself was I was to get away. So I started with my, my sister. I worked with my sister for a while and she was big into mountaineering. She dragged me up the mountains and put me on the end of a rope and I'd be rock climbing. And in those extreme situations, I get ultra hyper-focus mm-hmm. because it was life or death. It was life or death. And I was able to bring that back in, into, the, into the business world. Um, when, I, when I was really young, right out of high school, I was, um, I was working for my dad's company for 10 years in environmental mapping. And I worked in 10 different countries for about 10 years. So first, first country, right out of high school, hung over from, from uh, my grad at high school. I was on a flight the next day to Venezuela. And I was mapping, I was in a helicopter mapping Lake Maracaibo, okay. massive uh, open lake to the ocean. And um, as we we're flying along and coming up the west side of the lake, it borders with Colombia. And we were, uh, pot, uh, pot shots were taken at us by the uh, FARC gorillas who are operating oh, wow. in the jungle. They're still operating today, 40 years later. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was a rude awakening. And then I found myself in Egypt uh, right after that. And I was doing the same thing, surveying the coastline. And there was a little helicopter base south of Suez called Razgarab. And I drove down there with an Egyptian fellow. And I had to do a helicopter survey of the Sinai, you know, the Sinai Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And I walked out in the helicopter base and this, this big gentleman waddled out and he said, you know, I know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, I know why you're here, but I can only take you to certain areas. And so I got in the helicopter with him and I had a camera with me and there were two uh, Egyptian um, executives in the back of the helicopter and we had the headsets on because I was in the co-pilot seat. And he said, Nigel, whatever you do, don't show them that camera and don't take any photographs until I tell you to because if they see you doing that we could both be arrested for sp- spying wow and yeah and and so we lifted off we headed over the sinai and we flew and we and we dropped these two gentlemen off and then it was just the two of us in the chopper and he and he's and in the headset he's like okay now i can take you to some areas that i'm not supposed to so we flew <laughs> over some areas and all i saw was pipeline after pipeline after pipeline that were ruptured and the oil was flowing into the red sea wow so i was banging off these photographs and and we landed back in the base and then he came up to me and he goes, you know, take these photographs, show them to, you know, who needs to see them. But he says, I know what you're doing. You're doing all this mapping and, you know, you're, you're doing environmental mapping and I know it's for good, but I really don't think you can make a difference. And I was a young guy. I was like 22 at the time. And he, he said, I really don't think you can make a difference. And that resonated with me for the rest of my life. And so uh, our, I was there for five years on and off. And we had a little apartment in Alexandria on the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. I was cleaning it up one day and I had a phone call because my father had flown into town to, um, to uh, kind of finish things up in Cairo. And I had a, a call and um, it's like, oh, you know, is your father, do you know where your father is? And I'm like, no, I don't know, but I'll, I'll be there in three hours. I had to take a desert road and drive. I had a, a taxi drive, drive me. And I showed up and my father was missing and uh, I was sitting in this hotel room with this other guy with the lights off till three o'clock in the morning until the, the f- uh, phone rang on this desk. And this guy answered it and he says, it's for you. And I answered it. It was my father and he'd been arrested. He was in prison. He was in jail, in an wow. Egyptian jail. And he said to me in code to, es- to get out of the com- country and escape. 
And I said, no way, I'm not leaving. He says, you have to, because if they get you too, we're going to be in big trouble. Wow. And so I, I snuck out the back and I got to the airport. Long story, it's in my book. Um, and I got out and I got to London and then I um, was able to uh, work with the, the Canadian government at the time. And he was there for six months and we were able to get him out. But I got back to my office in Vancouver and I was working for him at the time. And my sister was there who I do all the mountaineering with. And she said, what's going on? And I said, well, some things are going on that, you know, I, I don't think we want to be involved in. And um, so I basically took my sister and we left and we formed our own company called AquaGuard Spill Response. And I had all these clients that I met around the world because I was in 10 different, I was in Indonesia, I was in Brazil, I was all over. And I really wanted to make a difference. So we started uh, a little company manufacturing containment equipment for these oil spills. And and it's just been uh, it's been crazy ever since. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of went on a little bit there, but that kind of kind of kind of lays the groundwork a bit. But I really wanted to make a a difference, you know. That that's interesting because one one quote from the late Steve Jobs always sticks in my my head. Yeah, is, you want to make a dent in the universe. A lot of people right. are just barely existing, and I'm like, yeah. no, you you have a gift. I really believe everyone is put on this planet for some reason. I didn't know what yeah. it was for me until I was 50 years old. So if you're still trying yeah. to figure it out, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah. you have a gift that you're naturally good at. And yeah. and here's how you know. Other people tell you, hey, you know, you're good at X. You should yes. keep doing X. That's how I got into so productivity. True. Someone said yeah. you should be, uh, you know, into productivity because you're naturally gifted. I'm like, yeah. What? I, I wasn't even, yeah. no one, no one's as a little kid and go, you know, someday I want to be a productivity expert. No one says that. They want to be a fireman, yeah. Superman, a mermaid or whatever that. And, and so I, I think it's important to listen to that still small voice inside you and and yeah. say you know what I, I really want to do this it may take you many years to get there but don't yeah. don't yeah. ignore the calling in your life no i i agree and i i had that little voice call nagging at me for years mm. and years and years and i really think i was wired that way or wired to help and give way back but i just didn't know i didn't know and i was i joined this um actually i was dragged into this group called the entrepreneurs <laughs> organization <laughs> I seriously was. I was dragged in a friend of mine because he saw I was going through this doorknob effect thing every day in my <laughs> office. And he goes, Nigel. And he had just retired from professional football in the Canadian League, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he was 330-pound lineman, huge boy. <laughs> and he, he had joined this thing called the Young Entrepreneurs Organization, which became the Entrepreneurs Organization, also affiliated with YPO. And, mm -hmm. and he says, you need to join a group like that. So he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and he dragged me <laughs> into a meeting. And I got, I got uh, recruited and I joined this thing. And uh, one of my forum mates, this guy, David Ash, incredible. He's got a, actually, he's a great guy for your show. He's got a, a, an amazing book coming out. Um, so he, um, I was in San Diego at the Coronado Hotel, sitting out on the patio there, mm -hmm. having lunch with him. And he's, he's doing amazing things in the Vancouver East side with the homeless and, and, and drug rehab centers and things like that. And I said to him, I said, how do you know, like, how do you do all this? This is such a, you're doing so many huge, amazing things. And he goes, well, I, I didn't start this way. I took that tiny little first step. And I'm like, well, I want to help Dave. I really do, but I don't know what to do. And he said, Nigel, it's not that difficult. Just take that first step. Talk mm -hmm. to a homeless person on the side of the road. Give them five bucks. Don't ask questions because, yes, they could go spend it on something, whatever. But it's not your, it's not your uh, duty to judge. And so I, we started doing that. And then a year or two later, he was uh, going to Mexico to help uh, build homes for the homeless. And he invited myself and my family. And, and first year, we didn't go. Second year, we went. And my daughter was three. 
And the, my kids are in their mid twenties now. So my daughter was three, my son was five, my other side, son was seven. And we all went down and there was probably about 40 of us that went down from the Vancouver area and some from Seattle and Arizona. And we were driving across the border into Tijuana in Mexico from San Diego and the sandbags with the machine guns and all this stuff, road mm. checks. And I was taking my family into this and I swore that I'd never would do that after coming, escaping Egypt. I swore I'd never get myself in any crazy <laughs> situation. And here we are going across the border and, but then I saw my daughter, my three-year-old daughter, painting as we're building a house for this, this family that we were building with. We came back to Vancouver, and my kids all had an extra day off school, and they were asked to do a presentation for their class. So I helped my daughter. Um, she was, no, she's probably in kindergarten, so she's probably five by this time. And so I was helping her do a presentation, and then my son did one. So all three of my kids did presentations in their class. Came home that night. Five o'clock, the phone started ringing off the hook. It was all the parents calling because their kids, their the, the peers of my kids, had seen it and it really resonated with them. Wow. They went home, and told their parents, and they wanted to come. And I said, "Oh my goodness, I don't <laughs> lead these trips. We just go." <laughs> and they go, "No, we want to come. We want to come." And I said, "Okay, I tell you, what. I called up the organization, which was called Youth with a Mission, uh-huh. and um, and uh, they they uh, they sent somebody to the house, and we had a little chat. And I said, okay. 50 people asked, which was amazing. And I said, we'll probably get 25. It's usually cut it in half. That's mm-hmm. what we usually get. We had 80. Wow. 80 people. Couldn't even fit them in my house. Wow. And so we had to do, we did two trips in that year. And so we started leading these trips. And I think, like Dave said, it's that first little step. Mm-hmm. And we did these little steps. And then it led to, so we're now, what, 18 years later or something? I don't know. Wow. Kids are mid. We've done 18 or 19 trips we've led. We've taken probably 700 people. And it all started with that conversation with Dave. And then my whole life, for me, for me, I, you know, with, with my kids, I, you know, I, I think giving a check is amazing. If you can give a check, that's incredible. Support a charity or whatever, you, whatever your passion is. Um, giving of yourself, I think, is even better because you really get down to the gr- grassroots. But giving as a family, I, I don't think I've ever experienced. I don't think I've ever cried as much, um, you know, because when, when I've been doing these these visits with, you know, you're there with the family and you're handing over the keys to their new little house. It's only 16 by 20 feet. It's really simple. And the, the emotions just, it's probably the most incredible thing that I've ever been able to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been so fortunate in my business, but doing this gives me more joy than anything. Yeah. You know, I, what I'd like to see is the people yeah. on Twitter who are so full of anger and yeah. hatred and divisiveness, yeah. Yeah. go yeah. do something. Go to yeah, a soup kitchen. Go, go help build a house, something like that. Take that that energy you have for spewing on Twitter or Facebook yeah. or Instagram, and go put it to use. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, in, that that story you share with your kids is incredible. What a what a yeah. witness to 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 her ge- their generation. Unbelievable. Well, it, the, the the really cool thing there, Mark, is that we would take other kids uh, as well, like because the parents couldn't come, so we'd have you know I'd go I'd go across the border. And the border guards going into the U.S. Um, and we'd be taking another 10 or 11-year-old kid, like three of them with us. And they go, well, where's the letter? You need a letter. Where are you guys going? Well, we're going into Ensenada or, Ensenada or Tijuana to build homes. And they're like, no way. You're taking a t- – like, that's crazy. And I'm like, it's fine. We so, <laughs> so now these kids that were 10 and 11 when we took them, they're 20, 20 to 26 years old now. Wow. So all my kids' friends. They call us every year. 
and they say, when are we going, Nigel? When are we going? Hey, buddy, when are we going down really? again? Wow. I'm like, you know what? You guys could organize your, your own trip now. And now it's it spread. And we've got friends that we were doing that have come with us, you know, 10, 15 times. And they're off leading trips to Africa. They're, they're all over wow. South America. So it's, it's just that. And like, like Dave said, it's like we all want to – I really honestly believe that we all want to do something. Mm-hmm. It's just we just don't know where to start. Yeah. And it's just that, that first little step. It's like you said, you know, a volunteer at a soup kitchen for just for, you know, two hours or, or yeah. something or, or go give some jackets. To, so, you know, we do a um, clothing at Christmas time. We do a clothing run. We go um, give uh, clothing to the homeless people and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not really it's not up to us, you know, to question what they're going to do with it. Um, it's just, you know, to help in some some sort of a way. And, and, and like so I'm 58 now. And I had uh, I had an offer to sell my business in 2010, right in the middle of the BP Horizon oil spill disaster. Wow! And our guys were cranking it. It was a British company. They put down a um, they put down a deposit, and I went. Um, yeah, I, they put down a deposit, and I was ready to sell the business, and things were just flying. But then I was invited. I, I go to this entrepreneurs organization conclave in at MIT in Boston. I've been going for 17 years now. And there was a speaker there. Her name's Lynn Twist. Incredible book uh, she wrote. It's called The Soul of Money. And she worked with Mother Teresa in, in India. She ran the Hunger Project globally, and she works with the indigenous tribes of the Amazon. And she said, hey, any of you guys want to come deep into the Amazon with us? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go hang out with a tribe that's only had contact for the, with the past 10 years and only with our organization because we're wow. helping them. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. So <laughs> I, I went to her. I said, Lynn, um, I'd love to come. Um, but I got to bring my family. And she goes, well, it's kind of a fundraiser, you know? And I said, yeah, but the kids are the ones that are, I've got this much bandwidth left in my life. I got this much influence in my life. My kids have this much with all mm. their peers. If they tell, come home and tell, so she said, awesome idea, bring your kids. So I took our kids, went deep into the Amazon and it was right in the middle of selling my business. And I, I had no idea what, you know, um, what happens in the Amazon. So we did, uh, we did a ceremony. We did some plant medicine. I'll say that much. And, um, and I, I, you know, I had this, you know, I, I had this, vi- I had this vision, which is kind of, it's kind of crazy, but I think it was my conscience, my deep conscience just coming out, talking to me. And basically it was like, Nigel, you know, don't sell your business, pull your business off the table and leverage your business as hard as you can to do good in the world. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And because I just wasn't feeling right about selling in my business and then, you know, going selling t-shirts on the beach with a big bag of cash. I, I just, what am I going to do? And so I came back to Vancouver. I flew to London and I went and I said, guys, business isn't for sale. Yanked it off the table, came back, bought out my partner of 30 years and then brought another guy up to the business um, that had been running everything for me anyway. And uh, he, he ran everything. And then what we did is I set the business up pretty much to run without me. And I took the family within a year, took the family away uh, for a year and traveled and homeschooled my daughter. And, wow. And um, I can't remember my point, what I was getting <laughs> to. This, but, um, well, that's yeah. okay, because let me tell you something. Anyone listening, I mean, you got me all jazzed up. Anyone listening so, to this conversation, the stories you just told and are not <laughs> inspired to go do something today. July 7th, 2020, 
right. you better make a phone call because you got me all <laughs> fired up. And I think it's it's so cool. Your family, your kids want to get involved and their friends, friends want to get involved. And you got this movement started. So tell us a little bit before we wrap up here. Tell us yeah, a little bit, yeah. how can we find out more about how we can do what you're doing besides the gift ADD? Is there another website we can go to? Yeah, you can you can go to NigelJBennett.com. Um, where there's everything's there, or you know, my book is on Amazon. I did an audio version. You know, being the dyslexic guy, it was like hard. I had a hard time reading my own book. <laughs> no, it actually turned out really. It turned out great. We we, we did a great edit on it, and uh, so I went into studio, and it, that's on Audible and on Amazon, and um, yeah, and I and I know you're the um, the uh, the energizer, and uh, and <laughs> you know, I really I really want to just say one last thing is that. You know, our, we talk about life balance. Hey, Mark, we talk about life balance. Everybody talk about life balance. Yep. But I really don't think it's life balance because with life balance, we have to give up one for the other. We have to mm-hmm. balance something. Yep. I really think it's called, it should be like a life rhythm, like a flow. Once you get into that flow and that rhythm, things start to happen. Once I was able to set my business up to run without me, and then I stepped into this, this thing, like you said, you know, you get out of it. You're doing what you love to do. I'm doing what I love to do. I've never been on a podcast in my life until a year ago. And I'd never written a book. I've never did all these things, but I've stepped into this sweet spot and this thing that I love to do. And I, I, I love my business. Business world is, is, is tough. But once I stepped into this, you know, the giving, all the, everything's just starting to happen. It's, it's incredible. I've been connected with so many amazing people around the planet that are doing incredible things. Now my mantra is, is that I will only do I've only, I'm 58. I've, I've got this much bandwidth le- left. I will only hang out and I'll only do things with people that are doing really important, cool stuff around the world like yourself. And that's kind of it. It's very, it's simple. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's nice to have someone else on the podcast like yourself that's so high energy because you love life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's incredible, and you, you you really motivated me, and I know you motivated the listener. And you know, there's lots of people need help. So if you don't want to go deep in the Amazon, I'm sure yeah. there's some place <laughs> in your hometown to. that could use your help. Don't have that to. you don't have, have that to. gift as well. So Nigel, thank you so much for being on the show today. This is an incredible conversation. Well, I know thanks, it's going to really help other people listening to it. So thank you for your time. No, thanks, Mark. I really, really appreciate it. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my next live training Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern. It's all about the five keys to help you become more productive. You can register at the link in the show notes or at the banner at the top of mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.